Downloads of this show are available on Podomatic.com and the Podomatic mobile app. Hey, everybody, you're listening to Lost and Rewound on Radio Free Brooklyn. Time to get embarrassed with us. Good afternoon, Bushwick. Good afternoon, Brooklyn. Good afternoon, New York City. Good afternoon, everywhere streaming this little shit show that we call Lost and Rewound on Radio Free Brooklyn. My name is Alon Danziger, and I will be your sole host for today for our friend Will Hasty is out. He has been uh, working hard on polarity, as you may remember his web series, his dystopian web series, and he was just in Florida, so uh, he's been recuperating uh, as he should after quite a steady amount of work for the last few days. Uh, but that's okay. So, you know, this is my baby. I'm going to cradle my baby and we're going to, uh, you know, feed it and hopefully it won't turn into a dragon or a monster by the end of the show. Um, <laughs> we do the show every Thursday from 3 to 4 p.m., only on the Radio Free Brooklyn app for Android or iPhone, or I guess if you want to listen online on your desktop, you can certainly do so. But if you are on the go and you want to listen with a little more ease and not have to be aggled with your web browser, go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash Android or RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash iPhone and download the RFB app. It's uh, not going to take up too much of your room in that there device of yours, and uh, we uh, encourage you to have it so that if you want to listen to other Radio Free Brooklyn shows that are not this one, yeah, you got it. You got it. There's so much going on with Radio Free Brooklyn, and the news just does not stop. So if you want to sign up for our newsletter, which will only come to your inbox once a month because we are dedicated to a spam-free world, do please sign up for that at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash newsletter. This is going to be a fun show that I'm going to have lined up for you. Let's get right down to it. Killer is a Brooklyn-based writer and comic, hailing from Orlando, Florida. She's only been in the city for a few years and has hit the ground running with open mics aplenty, a sketch show every other month at the pit called Past Curfew, and a Facebook-based web series called Craig and Kathy's Crafty Minute. I like the way that sounds. You can also catch her every now and again with Off Top, a weekly hip-hop improv show that happens at the pit as well. Today, she's with me. And we are going to get embarrassed together. Ooh. Say hello to Lauren Killer. Hey. Hey, Lon. 
<laughs> you you sound just thrilled to be here after that introduction. Oh, I am thrilled to be here. That was a lovely introduction. Uh, you know, I'm the pillow fluffer, as my buddy Jimmy Hoffman says. Oh, I don't know Jimmy Hoffman, but I believe him. He hosts some open mics as well. You Does go, he? Oh, yeah. great. Here in Brooklyn specifically, he's due back anytime soon now once uh, he stops being a funky ghost. Uh, but, Ooh, but at least he's a funky ghost. Yeah, I mean, you could be a ghost that's uh, not funky. And, you know, like what? Like cast with a, a friendly, friendly ghost. ghost, but not funky by any means. Right. There was there's like a funky ghost. There's a friendly ghost. Casper was the friendly ghost. And like, I guess he had like those older brothers and one of them probably was funky. Oh, for sure. I don't know. I don't know their name. That's definitely like the ghost archetype, though. Like friendly, funky. Fresh. Fresh. <laughs> Yo, you, you're such a fresh ghost. You're a fresh ghost. <laughs> I'm. I just died. It's like, it's like <laughs> this is fresh, <laughs> like Beetlejuice. Uh, and then like they die, and then they come right, right, right. Isn't that the whole point of it? Yeah, I think so. They they, they careen into a ravine, careen into a ravine, exactly off the bridge, and then they just sort of immediately become, uh, you know, uh, post mortem spirits. Exactly, yeah. they become ghosts. Yeah, it's and it's pretty fresh. What would you uh, do if you were a ghost? Like, what would be your first plan of attack? Well, let me tell you this, because I think about this every time I watch a movie, because I was I had this thought the first time when I was watching, very appropriately, Ghost, starring Patrick Swayze. Are you and, familiar? Uh, and uh, Whoopi Goldberg. Whoopi Goldberg. But who, 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 who else was in it, though? Demi, is it Demi, Demi Moore? It's Demi Moore, yes. Yeah. So what I realized when I was watching the film... Patrick Swayze, the outfit that he's wearing when he dies is the outfit that he is wearing in the afterlife. So, like, you're stuck in that outfit. Forever. So you better like what you're wearing. Well, yeah, and I think they also honored that, too, in Beetlejuice. I think they did, too. Yeah, absolutely. I like to walk out of the house in something that I like wearing. Mm -hmm. Because if that New York City AC unit (laughs) falls on me... (laughs) Which is you want to make honestly sure my, the most likely way to die in the city, I think. I haven't done any studies on it, mm-hmm. but in the summer, it seems like a pretty safe bet that that's a good way to go. You know, it's not a good idea to have your air conditioner hanging out your window mm-hmm. unless you know that if you are going to be having it hanging out your window, you have at least prepared with the proper uh, ways to keep it secured in place. For sure. But I can't trust that the 8 million New Yorkers have done that. If they haven't, they're not a true New Yorker. That they haven't secured it. They're not a true New Yorker. They, if they haven't secured their air conditioner during the summertime. I mean, first of all, that is going to be a hazard for somebody on the street. And mm-hmm. second of all, you just blown like a thousand dollars because you just yeah. drop your only air conditioner. And some people really can't afford because they have terrible, you know, electricity or they have terrible heat in the city. Yeah. God damn it. Yeah. They, yeah. They, damn it. They, they, they're they going to march on that. That air, their air conditioner can't, you know, necessarily be just be bought willy nilly again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hopefully it's still working. Right. Well, that's an interesting point. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. No. Um, <laughs> did you move in the summer when it was really hot? Were you I... afraid that the air conditioner was going to fall on you when you first moved? No, I didn't know how air conditioners worked here when I got here. Because you're from Florida. Because I'm from Florida. And we have. They, those don't exist. We have. Well, no, we have. We have. <laughs> well, you don't think about it because it's built into everything. True. Because Florida, as we know it, would not exist without air conditioning. Yes. That's why Walt Disney moved out there. Because air conditioning was like a thing. Mm-hmm. And he was like, okay, I can make it work. 
So he just created an entire uh, he might have even city. He might have even been the inventor behind Central Air. For all I know, so Disney owns Central Air. Probably <laughs> coming this fall to to Walt Disney Home Video Central Air. <laughs> Uh, no, you know, the development of Central Florida, where I'm from, yeah. it really took off when Walt Disney moved in. Yeah. Over in like the 50s. 50s, 60s, I think. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I, I want to say that Disney World was created in the 60s, but uh, I think I you're remember. right. But now I'm thinking because my parents are both from Florida. Originally. As well. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, well, my mom's from Pittsburgh, but has lived in Florida most of her life. Okay. My dad's a, like a fourth generation Floridian, what? which is crazy. Well, how does that even work? Like, who was his great great grandfather? Exactly. Well, his name, I know his name was Clyde because they're all named Ooh. Clyde, including my dad. He's not a junior, but they all have that name. <laughs> so, well, obviously, there's like Clyde, uh, Clyde uh, Jonathan or like Clyde. Oh, okay. Well, let, let's start there. Yeah. That, let's start with the name Clyde Killer. Uh huh. That's a great florida name i know i know <laughs> you have a florida dad i have a florida dad uh clyde my dad goes by chris but my grandfather is a proud clyde and so was his father and father and before his, that exactly and uh luckily i was born a woman so that i could not be named clyde well i guess i could have been named clyde do you have siblings i do i have a sister younger or older younger and is she... She's not named Clyde. No, no. I was about to say, she's not named Clyda. 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 Oh, Clyda that sounds killer. like a disease. <laughs> no. So I have to tell you, I have Clyda. <laughs> the one number one killer is a Clyda. Yeah, that's funny. Why is that funny? Number one killer is Clyda. Yeah. Because, anyway. Sorry, <laughs> I was trying We're, to give you credit for a great no, joke. I, no, no, you did, you did, you did. Uh, we're already cracking ourselves up here. You know, the best way to compliment someone's joke telling is not to laugh, but to say, hey, that was funny, that, that which is what I did to you. It was uh, appreciated and the recognition has been absorbed and I feel it. And uh, it brings me into this next question, okay. which is what kind of stuff were you guys involved in when you were growing up? Our main activity for a while was dance. OK, but we knew from a young age that I was a performer. So my parents put me in things like as soon as. They could. Both my parents worked, so it was always a means of like, the kids need something to do after school. They totally nurtured uh, both you and your sister's they creative uh, involvements. They did. They totally did. As far back as I can go, I was doing, you know, like musical theater summer camps and oh yeah, and whatnot. Did that take you outside of the state? Yeah. Actually, you know what? I'm just now remembering. I did go to some like Broadway workshop thing in New York State. When I was younger. How old were you? I was probably like 10. No way. Yeah. Yeah. How, how was that experience for you? That must have been it incredible. Was awesome. It was the first time I ever came to New York. It was the first time you really effectively left the state at such a young age, too. That must By have myself. Been, I mean, yeah. I was with I was with some friends from my dance studio. But you weren't with your parents. No, 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 that's, no. That's significant. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So New York State. I'm from Woodstock. So there's a oh, good, sweet. good chance that uh, it, uh, you were not anywhere near me. But chances no. are somewhere in the general region of the sticks uh, above New York City is where you were. Yeah. And I couldn't tell you where because at the time I had no geographical knowledge yeah. of the state of New York. Sure. Or really the city either. But Look, I was up there somewhere. Yeah. I, I've never been to Florida outside Disney World. So That's we're pretty common thing. I don't know your state. You don't know mine. So let's show each other our states. 
I'll show you yours if you show me mine. Oh, show you mine if you, you you know what I was trying I, to I do, do there, Alon. Yes, I do. Um, oh my. Uh, it, it, it's Help too early. Out. It's too early for that on a Thursday afternoon. Um, <laughs> let let me ask you this then. Uh, do you have any recollection of what uh, you were doing with this uh, pro with this like summer program? Right, it was a summer program. Yeah, it was like a it was like a week and a half in the summer. I think. Yeah. Yeah. And you were ten. You were already knee deep in doing all of your uh, I dance was and balls deep in theater and dance yeah. and everything. Tell tell how balls deep. <laughs> so balls deep. <laughs> well, uh, well, do you remember like shows that you were uh, like singing any shows from? Like anything that stood out that you brought back down south with you from New York? Yeah. <laughs> well, what I brought back, I shared with the people of Orlando. No, I. Uh, it was actually a really amazing program. We like stayed at a summer camp like on their off weeks. So it was kind of, we got the whole like camp experience. Like we had like a bonfire and maybe that's the only camp experience we had other than like we stayed in the dorms and, you know, it was like we had our cabin pride and that kind of thing. There was also a weird element to, well, it was also, it was not a camp. It was a workshop and that was pushed very heavily on us. And there was like the, there were a lot of rules. I remember in a, this weird push on like healthy eating. So this was like my first experience with tofu mm. and now is like a weekday vegan, which is something I kind of am. Tofu is like, you know, my right hand man. I see you got some kombucha with you. I, well, it, that was kombucha. You want to hear about how what kind of person I am? I use my kombucha containers to fill with water after I'm done. That's not unusual, no? Is it? I don't know, but I just... You're saving the environment. I pretend to care about the planet, and yeah. so part of that is just reusing kombucha bottles. Did, did you bring that back with you, too? Like a more, like, you were more involved in nature, so you were a little more uh, mindful and conscientious about being sustainable and being... I don't know, you're, well, you're tense. This was this was probably 2004. Sure. And I think An Inconvenient Truth had just come out. Oh, interesting. I remember, well, okay, so to bring this back to Florida, my grandmother, who I also stayed with during like spring breaks and stuff, mm-hmm. was a, uh, and probably still is, a pretty big Rush Limbaugh <gasps> gal. Ah. So I remember <sighs> hearing about An Inconvenient Truth from Rush Limbaugh. And at the time hearing like, this piece of propaganda, blah, 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 and asking my grandma, Graham, what's propaganda? Because that's how it was being fed to me. I have since learned about climate change. We were calling it global warming at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, now it's climate change. It's the same thing, though, in case you didn't know. I think it might be the same thing. Yeah, yeah, it is. It, it is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so that was about that time. So I would consider myself very ecologically minded from a young age. Your family unit in general stood out more probably than say like other parts of your family. And it, sure. Yeah. Sure. Family uh, reunions were fun. They are not fun. And we don't. <laughs> and that's why we, that's why I stay away from them to this day. <laughs> yeah. We can go back and forth all day about the sordid family history of the killers. Okay. It's pretty rich. This past Christmas, we didn't go to my mom's parents' house. These are the Rush Limbaugh. Fox News is on every TV in the house and, like there are TVs in every room in the mm-hmm. house. I think it was 2016, the Christmas, of course, duh, everyone has this yes. story. <laughs> this isn't new by any means or unique to me. So not that I'm proud to say this, but my parents are pretty much like lifelong Republican voters. And I'm proud to say that the 2016 election changed that. Okay, and they did. Okay. They went for Hillary, which is pretty cool, which gave me a lot of hope that she would pull through for us because I was like, 
well, look at these people who are, you know, changing it up because they are level headed, normal people. Um, Unfortunately, I was spoiler alert, pretty disappointed with those election results. But my mom would not tell her parents that she had voted for Hillary. And my sister is actually a biologist. She studied. She just graduated in August from the University of Florida with a biology degree. Top of her class. She was like an orgo chem TA. She's amazing. Mm -hmm. She's going out to Colorado this summer to study and work on some like sustainable farm. Mm -hmm. I don't know. She's great. So obviously like a very science based way of thinking, you know, for Megan. Sure. Megan's not a climate change denier by (laughs) any means. In fact, Megan's been vegetarian for a long time. She kind of inspired me to, you know, step up my game a little bit. Where'd you go to college again? University of Florida. You went to University of Florida Third generation well. Gator. Go Gators. And when did you move to New York? Officially right after college? Right after. So right after. I graduated, I think, end of April 2016. I turned 22 the next week and I moved up here the day after my birthday. Did you have anything in plan when you got here? Ah, good question, Ilan. I had a little something planned. So, oh, wow. You're bringing all this back to me. I was coming up to do an unpaid theater production internship with some folks who I had met working under at a workshop production they did the year prior at my school. The show they were working on was Puffs, which actually had a pretty successful off-Broadway run. It's at New World Stages. Okay. I know about New World Stages, but I have Mm -hmm. not familiar with Puffs. Yeah, it started at the pit. It did? That was kind of my in at the pit. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, it was a bunch of folks who had done some stuff at the flea, if I'm not mistaken, and then brought it over to the pit. I was working on the production end of that. And then I was working as a house manager at the pit. So that was what I was kind of coming up here. That was my excuse to come to the city. What I was hoping for, though, was that I was going to get the NBC page program. Oh, my goodness. The NBCU page program, NBC yeah. Universal, because... What I, I was really proud of this. I made it to the uh, the panel interview. That's extremely Which exciting. is a cool thing. That's Not so a lot of exciting. people get to do that. So I bought a suit. I flew up to New York for a day in March to come do my interview. To even get like the panel was like super exciting. And I was like, well, you know, I'm coming up to do this like internship, but I'm going to get the page program. Mm-hmm. And um, I didn't. I didn't get the page program. How long did it take to get back to you? Not too long, but it was like two days after I moved to New York. So it was kind of rough. So the balloon finally comes into the air. And then as soon as Uh -uh. it comes up into the air, pop, pop. Damn. And a kid who I had gone to school with, actually, I found out I didn't get it because he posted on Facebook, like, so honored to be chosen for. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, One of those things. I hate that. And I was like, oh, that's funny. I didn't get my email yet. Yeah. Uh, Let me check my email. Nothing. Uh, then the next morning I got my, you know, it's, I appreciate a rejection email. Yeah. Of like, thanks for your efforts. I think a rejection. But you suck. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'd prefer if I didn't get a part or if they didn't even want me to be on, this actually happened. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> God, no, let's hear. No, no, no. I, I auditioned for something and I never even was given like an email to say, thanks for coming in. We don't have a place for you in mm-hmm. this uh, show. Yeah. I didn't even get any indication that I wasn't. Well, uh, it's like being ghosted. Totally. By like a romantic partner. Yeah. You know, no, I, I which feel that. also sucks. But like, think of it like this. I'd rather just be broken up with. Well, you won't be able to have that communication. I think in social media's defense, like 
everybody feels the need to share whatever good news. But the problem is, is that when that good news is in some way going to carve into somebody else's bad news, like Mm -hmm. it all obviously intersects. So like, for example, when I got into college, social media wasn't even really that big of a thing. Mm -hmm. So it's like you don't even have like a Facebook status update telling everybody that, hey, I got into the school of my choice. And then I said, well, I didn't hear back. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. So, you know, if, it, it was all very private. It was all very uh, personal. It's all like you yeah. can get these letters as opposed to these emails. It's no reaction videos or. Of, you right. Know. And it's like everyone gets the emails at the same time. I remember when I got into the University of Florida, I went to I was on a road trip with my boyfriend at the time. Mm-hmm. It's the first time I was ever allowed to like go on a road trip with a boyfriend. Uh-huh. Uh, we were going to see the Avett brothers in Sofla. That's South Florida for those of you. Sofla? Sofla. Uh-huh. And we were staying with my godfather, Uncle Matt. He let us stay there for the night. And UF decision came out that Friday that we were driving down there. Uh-huh. And uh, I got in. Spoiler alert. The guy I was seen at the time did not. Whew. Okay. Uh, so what kind of conversation uh, transpired with that? It was pretty shitty. Yeah. Uh, well... There were a lot of things that were wrong with that relationship. Well, what would happen if it had gone the way that uh, he did get in? I mean, you're not you guys weren't going to stay together while you oh, went no. to college. Well, he ended up moving to Gainesville anyway. So like we kept dating my first semester of college. Did the University of Florida give you uh, an education that uh, really allowed you the flexibility to hone in on your craft and performing arts? Yes, I would really say that that was I was pretty lucky to have that. I went in. Not thinking I was going to study theater at all. No, I what went. What did you in think you were going to go and study? I went in as a poli sci major. Wow! I was going to go to law school and uh, do politics. What? Yeah, and then I realized I didn't know enough about it about politics, and that I didn't care enough about politics. Uh, so I was like, "Fuck this!" And then I met some people who were doing comedy, and I was like, "This is cool. I'll try this." So I was doing like improv sketch stuff in college. That was your introduction. That into was the my comedy gateway frame. drug was improv. Sure. I and think for a lot of people. Cool. It is. I didn't do any comedy or improv at all. I wasn't oh. interested in stand up. I did just like the stage plays or whatever. Um, yeah. I, anything that I could. Rocky Horror Picture Show, et cetera. Um, Shut up. You were in Rocky Horror Picture Show? Yeah, That's yeah, so I did, fun. I did, a, I did a, what's it called? The, um, the Shadow Box? Shadow, shadow Casting, yeah. Shadow Casting. For shadow three. Box. That's, shadow that's a, Casting, that's baby. That's the thing that Martha Stewart does is Shadow Boxes. Um, it's, uh, yeah, three straight years of that. Wow, good for you. So were you a theater major? No, I was just a theater minor, okay. writing major. Cool, So cool, cool. Uh, unemployed when I got here. Exactly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, no, but you were saying, though, so uh, sketch and improv uh, was your first for it. What made you do that? Was it uh, strictly college or was there something you saw on TV that really inspired you about that? Well, actually, funny enough, one of these clips that I'm about to share with yeah, you yeah. was kind of like me realizing that I could be funny and that I wanted to be funny. We did a production of Pirates of Penzance. It was kind of yes. like a summer production we did. You were did. telling me about this before. Yeah. yeah. Great show. Okay. Gilbert and Sullivan. Highly recommend. My course teacher was directing the show and he, for those of you who are familiar, or those of you who are not, there's uh, this gaggle of sisters that come in contact with the pirates. He was like, killer, because that's what everyone called me and still do. Uh, Everyone was like, KP, my teacher was like, hey, killer, (laughs) I have this idea for you. I want you to be the sister who's like weird. 
So I was like, okay, what does that mean? He was like, just be a fucking weirdo. Just run around the stage and do whatever the fuck you want. (laughs) Amazing. So I had carte blanche to just like develop this comedic character. And that was my first, I think, sketch comedy experience. I'd always been like the funny person Mm -hmm. and I did comedic roles and stuff, but I never thought of myself as like a comedic actor Mm -hmm. until I think looking back at that performance. You would consider yourself a a comedic actor and only because you were given the opportunity to be funny, to be funny in a show that was more or less scripted. You were able to sort of give yourself a a chance to make, uh, make characters. Yeah. Um, yeah. And something that already existed, which was like pretty cool. Well, yeah. I mean, and, and plus, I mean, I mean, the create the characters you're creating are no matter what going to have some derivative nature to them anyway. So right. de- depending on where they come from, where they're coming from, uh, you know, a show that is not requesting you to create your own character. Uh, I think it's actually kind of the best in all honesty mm-hmm, as, mm-hmm. A di- as a director, uh, as a director, <laughs> as <laughs> I've, I, I have directed. I think there's a lot to say when a director does give their actors uh-huh. the uh, freedom to explore their character and make it their own as opposed yeah. to the way that they have seen it done countless of other times. Right. And it's like th- this part isn't written in the show. Like there's no weird sister. No, of course. But KP, <laughs> KP wanted he I'm still to this day, like kind of when I look back at it, kind of honored that he pulled me out and was like, killer, you're the funny one. Be the comic relief in the show. He like gave me permission to do that. It's kind of cool. So I, I have a really cheesy question for you. Yeah. It sounds like to me. That, that I'm in love with KP. Well, no, no, that you're a killer with the beat. But are you a killer in the streets? Uh, oh, my God. Elon, where's this going? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty much a killer anywhere you can find me. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody over the course of your time has. Pretty much. Yeah. Probably since from the time I got to high school, I've been killer. I love it. Unless I'm like actually close to you, like people I'm dating, I don't let them call me killer. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be called that in bed. Just so <laughs> is aware. No, I, or I, wherever. I respect that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> not the kink you're looking for. No, it's not. It's not Ms. Killer, maybe, but uh, we'll get to that. Not on this show. I didn't ask if you were a killer in the sheets. You didn't, but it did rhyme, so we can go there if you want. We could. My close friends and obviously my family. Call me Lauren. Mm-hmm. But I, yeah, I mean, pretty much everywhere I go, as soon as people learn my last name, they're like, that's cool. Can I call you that? And I'm like, yeah, sure. And I like it because it's cool. Well, I want to talk a little bit uh, and, and segue into some rap stuff. But uh, uh, oh, no. But well, I mean, I since that was a rap line, I just have to. You, you know, but Ilan, I want to preface this discussion with the fact that I love doing improvised hip hop. I by no means think of myself as a talented hip hop improviser. You are far too kind. I just like to rhyme. Okay. Thank you for saying that. Could you say a little bit about how you got to that place? Getting to rhyme? Well, okay. So you arrived to the city. You had an in with the pit because of this show. Uh Uh-huh. And so you're getting involved in sketch and improv already, just sort of right out the gate. It seems as if a lot of folks don't really find it right away. Mm -hmm. Or like they go the UCB route, which is, I think, what you're doing now, I do that too, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You are doing that now. You weren't doing it when you first got here. You kind of went in a reverse, if, if anything. You started with another theater, and you were not necessarily taking classes right away well, first. I had planned to take classes at UCB when I moved up here. Right on. So I did that pretty early on. And actually, I just, again, recently got back into it. I was kind of, I felt a little discouraged for a while. 
And that's on me. Um, but I'm glad I don't feel discouraged anymore because it's a great community and a great place. What What is your train? Yeah, no, I, I've trained with UCB kiss as ass, well. Kiss ass. No, uh, no I've I've trained with them, and I've I'm also- saying about myself, not you, Elon. I'm not a. I'm the kiss ass. <laughs> I just feel like uh, you got to go on a podcast and be like, I love UCB. Everybody, I owe everything to them. For a long time, I I found myself at a kind of a crossroads with improv because I wasn't sure who to go with, and then uh, eventually I realized, you know what, I'm just going to do it all. I had never yeah. take, I've never taken a class with the pit, but uh, I'm I'm effectively performing there all the time yeah. and working with pit yeah. I think people a lot of us are teachers going in and out. I did magnet for a little bit too, uh-huh. musical improv. I have not done musical improv stuff at magnet, but that is something that's on my wish list. I, I would highly recommend. Because I love. I mean, so my comedy partner Chaz uh, Chaz May Chaz May uh, we who we do past curfew and Craig and Kathy together. Okay. Uh, is also my roommate and also my best friend. We actually started doing sketch together in college. That's oh how we knew we wanted to do oh, all this that's stuff. So great. We don't have formal musical improv training, but if you know us uh, and you hang out at our apartment, you would be like, oh, they're musical improvisers because that's just what we do in our free time mm-hmm. in the kitchen. Like everything turns into a scene. And some sort of musical parody. That's amazing. It's pretty fun. I think that is the dream of, uh, you know, living in New York and having a, a kindred spirit, if you will. Yeah, it's living pretty with nice. A, yeah. Living with a kindred spirit who you make so kindred. work with making work and finding ideas just like in everyday life. Yeah. And, you, you know, writing that it's down. It's pretty fun. Having that, you know, someone to vouch for that and see that so that you can just bounce ideas off each other all the time. Don't you get tired of bouncing ideas? No. Amazing. Well, I'm, I mean, I love we, it. so it, to be honest and wow, this is, I'm going to share some stuff, but it has been uh, an interesting transition for Chaz and I to move to the city together and to all of a sudden, like be best friends, roommates. We were working together for a while too. So just like not having space from each other and mm-hmm. like seeing how that affected the work. If anything, I think it's made our relationship stronger because we have to be very respectful of each other. In a way that we didn't have to be before we lived together. In college, we never lived together. We just were. Yeah. Be- we lived near each other. It, it's much different in college. I think, especially considering that not everyone's going to be off campus or on campus, and everyone's got their schedules with classes. But when you're working versus when you're taking classes together, there's a totally different. Yeah, it, the, the such autom- a different dynamic. The autonomy that one has as an adult is not the same when you're no. a student. And we're like becoming adults, like side by side together, which sure. is a kind of a stressful process. I think it's growing pain. Like yeah. for real, hate to like be trite about that, but no, it's it's, not it's a real all. thing. I think that's what the point of the show is: is to allow ourselves to be uh, mindful of the fact that we are all still growing up. I don't think we're all grown up yet. Uh, yeah. I'm six years old, and I'm definitely not grown up whatsoever. <laughs> for a second, I thought you said I'm six years old, and I was like, I you, am for six. a six year old. I'm six. You're so grown, though. <laughs> Compared to other six-year-olds. You should see my hair at five, actually, Lauren, because, uh, oh, God, my hair right now is getting to that place where it's not going to be a mullet before, uh, if I have anything to say about it, uh-huh. but I definitely had a rat tail when I was five. Shut the fuck up. For, for real, I had one. Was this like the mid-90s? Uh, Try early 80s, mid-80s. Wow, my math is fucking awful. It's okay. I was a hippie. I was raised by hippies. Well, you were from Woodstock. Peace, man. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I so want to find out more about that. We will find more about that. Let's um, let's do this right now. Except I'm not interviewing you. <laughs> but well, if I were, we would dive deep into that Woodstock but, upbringing. But before we get into the next segment, uh, I did want to do one last little thing. I know you said you rhyme. And... <laughs> 
I do a little bit of rhyming too. I wouldn't consider myself either the the best hip hop improviser, but uh, but we do it for the love of the craft. We do it for the love of the craft. What what other reason would we be doing it? I know. I would. I would hate though to get pinned into that as my line of work and to end up hating it. You know what I mean? I have, like to be the day job, have your day job be a, a hip hop improviser and to fall out of love with it. I mean, our friend uh, Rachel Rosenthal, who was here just recently. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she. I took Ray Rose class. Oh, That's my how heart. I fell in love with. Well, I was doing some North Coast stuff. Yeah. And then she was there at the time. And so I took her class. We have we have we have a lot to talk about off air. But uh, I will say that Ray Rowe is one of the only people I know personally mm-hmm. who makes a living off of improv because she teaches it to, to offices like goes. To, yeah. Like, yeah. Which I think is so cool. I think it's one of the, the most amazing things ever. Like yeah. the fact that you could take something that you love and you're so passionate about and you could spread that love to other people. Yeah. Um, so it is possible. But, you know, it, 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 it takes it takes a kind of finesse. As I would say, most things that you're going to get good at probably do. A slower beat or a faster beat? Let's start slower. Okay. We're going to go for a slow beat. I'm going to show Ray Row what I learned a year and a half ago (laughs) in her intro to hip hop improv class. Okay. Let's see. Let's find, let's do, let's pick this beat. We're both going to be performing. Ilan, I'm really, yeah, yeah, yeah. At uh, the, what is is this festival we're performing? It's a hip hop, uh, it's the improv uh, fest, improv fest. And it's a, uh, you know, we're doing what? At the Pit Underground is mm-hmm, a hip hop night mm-hmm. on Saturday the 23rd. Yeah. So you're going to see your girl, Lauren Killer, with the Off killer. Top. The Killer. That's my rap name. Of course it is. You're going to be seeing her with Off Top. And then you're going to see me and the BNC doing everything on date 23 of M-A-R-C-H. Don't hate because we're doing our thing with no debate. And I got my lady killer here. She's chilling in the studio, in the atmosphere. It's luckily not as hot in the room. Because if we did, we would be seeking our doom. It would be way, way too humid. Way too incongruent (laughs) with the beliefs that we can believe that we are in here with all sorts of relief. I'm just sort of flying off the dome. I need to sit on chrome. Get some master ace in the system, bumping all the things, and I don't know how to list them. Rapping, rapping, so much rapping. Gotta stop rapping, flapping my gums. Now here is Miss Killer to give you some. What you got, girl? What you got? Give it to him. Whoa, whoa, here I come. Looking at me like I'm the sum of all of my parts. Mmm, like farts. Farts is fun, cause it's farts. That's all I got. About that, mm, ah, boots and cats. Ilan here, yeah, he is the man. Where's he from? Mm, not Pakistan or any other place like that. No, he's from Woodstock. Got it, cats? Upstate, upstate, yeah, it's great. He's chillin', he's chillin', even though it's late. Yo, yo, yo. Ilan, throw me some inspo. No, I got it, I got it. Whoa, whoa. Whoa, yeah, that's the show. About me, I got the flow. I got it all day, bringing it dough to dough. Like seamless, got that on repeat. Call that shit up so we can eat. I like tacos, flacos, anything that rocks my socks off. Anything like that, like cheese. Anything with cheese, man. Rhyming, rapping bout, Swiss and brie. Any type of cheese. Gouda, that's good for ya. 
call myself vegan, but I like cheese. Cause I'm a hypocrite, please. Hey. My God, my God, my God. Okay. I think we've established. I'm just getting warm. That was a warm up. That was a warm up. Okay. Let's take a quick break. We're going to come and we're going to rhyme again. Yeah, I want I want a chance at redemption. We're going to have a chance at redemption. Because I was really, I was starting to get in there with cheeses. <laughs> we, we, we can keep going if you want. Let's take a break. Let's take a break. When we come back, we have rhymes galore, but more importantly, <laughs> clips galore. Courtesy of our guest this week on Lost and Rewound, Lauren Killer. Stick Woo. around. This is Radio Free Brooklyn. Radio Free Brooklyn is a 501c3 nonprofit organization whose mission is to provide a free and open platform to our community and promote media literacy, education, and free expression. We rely primarily on donations from listeners like you. To help support our mission, we invite you to make a one-time donation or monthly pledge at radiofreebrooklyn.org slash donate. Every cent helps us to continue staying on the air. We also have an after-school program that is alive and kicking and doing a lot of good stuff right now for our community. It's called the RFB Teen Squad. Learn media skills and practices and broadcast your own show live. The current Teen Squad is about to get all of their new shows up and running here in the 100 Ogar facilities. Participants meet twice a week on Mondays and Thursdays from 4 to 6 p.m. for six weeks. And at the end of the six-week session, students will have the option of hosting and producing their own live radio show on Radio Free Brooklyn. Our next session is starting on April 29th. So if you want to learn more about it, go to radiofreebrooklyn.org slash teen squad. Donating to either this cause or to Radio Free Brooklyn as a whole at radiofreebrooklyn.org slash donate is going to be completely tax deductible to the fullest extent of the law. Welcome back. This is Lost and Rewound on Radio Free Brooklyn. Of course, your Thursday afternoon dive into the rough and raw sounds of your past as caught on tape. If you have anything that you want to contribute to the show and beyond to talk about, by all means, reach out to me and the gang here at LNR at Lost and Rewound at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org. We have a whole laundry list of episodes. Laundry list. Sure. Because... They're all dirty and they just need to be clean. I don't know. There's <laughs> there's a ton out there that uh, you could listen to of the archives. Um, we're on iTunes and Spotify. We're even on SoundCloud, even dating back to our homegrown podcast days before Radio Free Brooklyn kindly took us under their very gentle wing. Uh, and if you go to Potomatic, <clears throat> that's a lostandrewound.potomatic.com, you will even find some other episodes where I am rhyming like a shitbag. So there's plenty more where that came from from before. We're here with Lauren Killer. She's been kind enough to contribute some clips with her this week. I guess we should just get into it, huh? Yeah. Okay, so uh, the first one, not the Pirates of Panzance one, no? It's a no. different one. Oh, right. No, I know what this is. Okay, uh-huh, uh-huh. so if I may. Yes, please. I don't normally like to step on uh, my guests when they're about to share a clip, but you did tell me what it was. Yeah. And that's exciting to me because... I want you to tell us. I was also in this show mm-hmm. when I was very young. I think it was the first big role I ever had. Oh, that's cool. I was really frustrated with my local theater troupe. And they, in Woodstock, in Woodstock, Woodstock Youth Theater, I was not getting like billing on. You weren't uh, getting the credit you deserved at yet eight. So yeah. my mom complained. I think. Oh my god! 
and or made it clear that she was very frustrated. And the director immediately, like at the next show that I signed up for, she cast me wow. as the prince in Cinderella. Rogers and Hammerstein's Cinderella. A show that you yourself did, and you were Cinderella. I was in fifth grade, and I was Cinderella, and I did not want to do this part. Why did you not want to do this part? I don't really remember. I think it was just in my angsty, like, tween phase, where I just didn't want to do what anyone wanted me to do. And everyone was like, oh, you have to be Cinderella, you'd be great. And I was just kind of like, no, I don't want to be Cinderella. Well, who convinced you? Uh, I think my dance teacher, Catherine May. Because they didn't have a good enough dancer to play Cinderella. They needed me to do it. They, they, need, they needed when you. And really, I should have leveraged that a little bit more in my favor. <laughs> <laughs> okay, as opposed to my mother being like, give my son a part. You should have been like, it was, this was let's, the let's opposite. Talk about, let's talk, were, I need an understudy I here. want top billing. No. Um, oh. I didn't want to do it. I was kind of over theater at this point in my life. It like wasn't like the cool thing to be doing. And I was like going into middle school and like being cool was the only thing that mattered. The only thing that mattered, and yet the most unachievable, like unattainable goal. And I goal. still have not gotten there. Okay. I still am not cool. Well, here's where it began, or uh, more or less of, uh, uh, what well, the I, word would be uh, I realized, evidence that it, it's still yeah, going. Yeah. So this is going to be me singing, and I've only listened to a, a little snippet of this. My dad found this video last night after he got home from the pub and sent me this. So it's like him recording the DVD. I'm into it. So I, I'm going to be really embarrassed watching and listening to this. So let's do it. Okay. It's just a snippet. Oh, it's just a snippet. It's just a snippet. I was getting ready for it to keep going. Well, that's when the song picks up. That voice, when I hear that, is is haunting. I could have done voiceover work as, I don't know, a demon baby. (laughs) Could you remember? I'm as mild and as meek as a mouse. When I hear a command, I obey. But I know of a spot in my house, these lyrics, where no one can stand in my way. You do a fantastic version of your 11-year-old self, yeah. Thank you. I I can't emulate who that kid was. I got the feeling that gave me the feeling that Romano's healing her for. In the arms of my love, I'm flying over mountain. And come on, Elon, do you remember this? We can do this duet. Um, and I like it so well. I can all I can tell. I may never come down again. I may never come down to earth again. We should reprieve our roles. Reprise, uh, reprise our roles. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm blushing here on the other end. He of the, totally I'm, is. It's so cute. I, I'm like, I'm trying to like figure out what's going on right now in my head. But in any rate, uh, that was what we saw on the screen, uh, on the phone, because that was how your father sent you this text with um, <laughs> a video 
I, I got, got you know, hey, give it up to Chris Killer. Yeah. I'm very happy for that, uh, sir. Uh, the, the the video shows you in the Cinderella garb, and you're like, you are very like refined and reserved in your choreography. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But you look like you were making do. It didn't look like you were totally pissed off that you were doing this. No, I mean, once I, <laughs> Elon, once I get on stage with the lights and the makeup, I mean, you're there. It's where I'm at home. <laughs> it's really something too, because when you are known for being a creator, uh, you're good, known for being a performer, an actor, people synonymize you with this. And then you realize you're on that stage. This is what people come to expect of you. Mm-hmm. And so you can just go completely ham it up or you could uh, completely fall in line with uh, what your director is doing. And if you know that you're good, you just sort of go in and go completely just lose yourself in the role. Yeah. I became a lot more in my head as I got older. Uh-huh. I think we all do. Yeah. And so, like, I became a lot more cerebral and like, trying to, like, figure out a way to, like, not internalize instead everything. Instead of just playing, instead it's, of just doing it. I wish I can just be that player again. That, it's so that hard. childlike, yeah. I, I strive for that every single week when I practice. I uh, I do, too. I um, I think about this all the time because I, I, I babysit on the side and one of the, my, my kid I watch is fantastic but he's five and just like watching him play improvisers talk about this shit all the time but it's it's really like watching children play like and when he's with his friends he's not like commenting on anything he's not like judging his choices when he's playing on the playground with his friends like yeah. he's just in it and i'm like i wish i could do that and have that much fun with my work and the thing is like you can you just you have to give yourself permission yeah it's no, it's absolutely true because you have to find the way to give yourself that mental uh, freedom to not have to worry about what you've been taught. Yeah. And just know with what you feel. Exactly. Yeah. So let's talk about the Pirates of Panzans a little more. Let's uh, talk. We, we heard we, t- we told us about it before you were creating this character. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, you were giving yourself permission. You were given permission explicitly to create this character I that was. was not even in the script. Right. So um, before we play it, uh, what, what what could we expect? Well, who are we hearing? Is there a way that we'll be able say, to distinguish? Is, it's no, you won't really hear me. I mean, I'm kind of distinguished in the choreography, which our friends listening won't be able to see, but we can kind of describe it for Perfect. them. I'm sure. Sure. And um, this is just a quick little clip. It's just like the intro of the sisters all coming in. They're having a little holiday or something. Okay. And yeah, I have like some featured moments of me just being a goof. Cool. On it. What? Wait, what just happened? What just happened? Okay. Did you see that umbrella choreography? All right, yeah. That Let's, was bitching. Okay. All right. How do we... Okay. This is a radio show. 
They I know. They, did, they didn't see that. They need to see. They need to get a picture. Okay. I'm thinking. I want you to describe it. Okay. Eight? Eight women? Eight, I, eight I would say that. It was about eight. Young ladies. Young ladies. All dressed up in corset, corset dresses. Yeah, but like very low budget. <laughs> wardrobe department, get on it! Lovingly low budget. <laughs> Parents doing the wardrobe. Yeah. No, no, it's 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 fine. Uh, we make fun of that a lot about how like terrible costumes are, but we really have to give it up to the parents for all these shows that they do. Oh, and they, they pull it off. They totally do. Um, they was, really do. So uh, this was actually, there's a few things that I noticed in okay. this clip. Uh, one, uh, yes, uh, very Victorian era, uh-huh. uh, pastel, uh, corset dresses, and the uh, umbrella parasol action is fucking hard here. That is some. I had forgotten about that. The umbrellas. Yeah, the par- I guess parasols is probably the. Yeah. If we're being technical. And um, the thing that really struck me as I first I can, I cannot make out because the unfortunately uh for this particular um medium that we are looking at uh it's a little blurry yeah uh, but i feel like i saw you towards the end there sort of like that as everyone was sort of going into formation there was one who was sort of straggling yeah that was me that was you yeah <laughs> sort of like with your like whoa, like you know running uh you know in, in uh in the behind just like wait for me catch up kind of thing yeah i was kind of i think this is kind of when i felt because uh, i thinking about it now a lot of the characters that i write for myself i love to play with the idea of these images of what women have been told they should be and like the proper way to be like a lady and like flipping that on its head, like falling short of that in a playful way that for the, for the part. Exactly. Right. And I kind of, I use a lot of that still. Do you think that you consider yourself revolting against the norms? Oh, for for sure. Good. Especially like femininity and being ladylike, which I hate. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I totally respect that. I think that is a, a good policy to take. Uh, and I and I probably couldn't articulate that at the time I was doing this. Yeah. But I definitely feel like that sentiment mm-hmm. was there in me. Something else that's important about that clip is my makeup, which I'll describe for the folks at Please home. Please do. Please do. Uh, I growing up, I never. This has probably been something that has happened to me in recent years. Is like caring about being pretty. I never cared about that. Uh-huh. I always wanted to be interesting i would always pick interesting over pretty any day so my makeup in that scene is so fun and funny it's it looks terrible i powdered myself down to be ghostly white and then i have these little like doll like rouge marks on my face and then i have exactly and then i have drawn in a unibrow a complete unibrow (laughs) and i have multiple facial moles that i drew on to myself love it that quite nicely complemented a facial mole that I had at that time that in college I was known for. I was mole girl. Oh, dear. I've had it removed. I had it removed right before I moved to the big city. And look at you now. Look you're, at me now. You're, you're, you're headshot Maybe ready. That's what made me care about being pretty was I got the mole removed and I was like, huh, OK, I can work with this. We have time for one more clip, and this is from your time working on a show in college. Is that correct? We had a chorus retreat. (laughs) This is so fucking nerdy. We had all night to come up with a routine that we were going to present to the other groups. I was the soprano too, represent. So this was the sopranos. And we it's like a lot of healthy trash talking and like playing up uh, how much we loved our chorus teacher, KP. Give it up. So this is the product of that. And this is very embarrassing. 
Good fucking God. That was incredible. I mean. Stop it. That. I'm no, watching that and so embarrassed. Like That was not very long ago. I feel like I am learning so much about who you are and that includes who you are, regardless of how old it is, but especially this. Like, that's you. Yeah. When I dressed up as my chorus teacher. <laughs> so good. Yeah, it was fun. And I just know I just love it. It's so creative. And it's like you're doing this. It, it seems like was this a recital or is this like something you did just for the- literally like just for the rest of the chorus? It's brilliant. and like there were a lot of like chorus moms there. Yeah. But it was like. Yeah, it was just like inside jokes galore. I am really impressed. I think that's uh, super nice that you guys did that. I think it's also super cool that uh, you uh, recorded it, put it on Facebook and you allowed. We were so proud and we were all virgins, I'm sure. (laughs) I mean, come on. Um, We have to get out of here in a little bit, which is so sad. Uh, I know. We've been having such a nice time this hour. And thank you for sharing all the clips that you did and for sharing uh, everything about yourself. I guess we should uh, wrap up here with some fast beats to talk about everything that we have coming up. Yeah. Okay. What do you got coming up? What do you have coming up in a little bit? Yo, I got my show, Past Curfew, the People's Improv Theater on April 26th. Uh-huh. Before that, though, I'm going to be at the People's Improv Theater again. Yeah. With you. With me. On March 23rd. On the ground. I'll be performing with Off Top. All the sound. Hell yeah. Is this Lost and Rewound? This is Lost and Rewound. Lauren Killer here in the place to be on a Thursday. Stick around for Rob Pritchard, Brooklyn Bandstown, baby, 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 baby. We got to go. Thank you to Lauren. Thank you, Elon. You are wonderful, and you will come back. You will bring your friend Chaz. Chaz. Let's do it. See you next week. That would be fun. Let's Thanks, do that. Lauren Killer up here <laughs> on Lost Room. Thanks so much. We'll see you all next week. Did you 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 did